Hello, hello, hola, and what's up? Welcome or welcome back to the Hope Chase podcast. I am Angie and I am your host. This is episode six. Thank you so much for listening. So this week I want to talk about ways to recover. Different ideologies about what people think is the quote-unquote right or wrong way to recover. Most people say you can't do it on your own. Most people say AA works best or some sort of 12-step program. I have a lot of experience with the Alcoholics Anonymous, the AA out of Boston. Not so much NA, but the AA in Boston was phenomenal. And there was a lot of talk about the right and the wrong way to do the work. So do you think a person has to do the 12 steps? Do you think a person has to go to a 12-step program and do the work in order to really recover? Or do you think that there's any other way? Do you think there's any other way to do the work? And the biggest question of all, do you think it's possible to do it on your own? Can you really recover? Can you really heal? Can you really transform on your own? I don't know. I thought of this topic because it's something that I have often thought about. I thought I used to think about it a lot, actually. Because where I come from in the very beginning of this whole entire journey, when I was 22, 23 years old, going to AA meetings. And I was just going to meetings. I wasn't doing any of the work. I wasn't doing any step work. But the message that I heard so clearly when going to meetings and being in that community was the only way that you can really recover and really heal yourself and live completely different from the way you used to live. The only way you can really change is by doing the 12 steps. That message was incredibly clear to me. Now, I, like I said, I didn't do any of the 12 step work really. In order to do the 12 steps, you have to have a sponsor, you have to sit down with them, you have to meet with them, you have to read out of the big book, you have to write. There's a lot, of, there's a lot that's involved. Now, what am I talking about when I say 12-step work? And I'm talking mainly about Alcoholics Anonymous because Narcotics Anonymous, NA, I don't really have much experience in. And I'm talking about when you really have a fucking sponsor and you regularly meet with that sponsor and you go to meetings all the time and you participate in the meetings and you participate in the community and you go through the steps, each one with a sponsor. There's step four where you go through anything and everything that you feel shame around, any mistakes that you've made in your life, and you really go through it with a sponsor, all the way to step nine, where you make amends to all the people you feel like you fucked over. And it really, it really does work. I've seen it work. I used to be just in awe of the transformations. I'd hear about the lives that they used to live and then look at what their life was like in the present, and I would be in awe. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. The 12 steps really do fucking work. But what I'm saying is that maybe there's another way. 
back in Boston. I mean, the people I met in those rooms are the best, some of the best people I've ever met in my life. I was going to meetings on a regular basis. I was meeting great people. I was staying active. I was busy. It was, it was great. But I also know that over years and years and years and years of using and losing that relationship with AA and stopping going to meetings, I started to doubt myself. I started to doubt the principles of AA. And it was really the shame. It was really my shame that kept me from ever really returning to AA. I started hating going to meetings. I hated, I hated, hated going to meetings and being that person. I was that person who just couldn't get my fucking shit together. <laughs> I mean, you always see people that you know. I always see people that I met when I first started going around, when I first started going to meetings. And as years and years would go by, it was just like holding a mirror up to my face. Like, you're, you're still fucking shit up, Ange. Like, get, you're, you still can't get your shit together. I mean, I would go here and there over the years. I mean, in a perfect fucking world, anybody and everybody who has ever had an alcohol problem or a drug problem would go to AA, do the 12-step work, and live happily ever after. <laughs> but I also am realistic. And I lost my relationship with AA and those people. I burnt every fucking bridge with every fucking person that I met in those rooms. I remember I was literally like kidnapped <laughs> in the best way possible. I had been using for a few years and I was living in, um, I was living in Boston, obviously in Jamaica plain. And I had heard very last minute that somebody was coming to my apartment to basically make me go with them down to Cape Cod. I was being kidnapped. I was being kidnapped because, and being forced into a room without drugs, so that I could detox. And basically I was kidnapped for like the weekend down to Cape Cod where I did detox. But of course, as soon as I got back to, to the city, I would continue to use. And over the years, all of those friends that I met in AA just lost touch because there's only so much help you can offer someone. There's only so much support there's only so much you can be there for someone without jeopardizing your own recovery. <laughs> you could offer to help me 27 million times, but it's going to start affecting your own recovery after a while, right? And I know that, and I, and I understand that. And over the years, my definition of sober became different, right? Because... Once again, the message that I got super early on within AA was that you have to pretty much be 100% abstinent in order to be or be considered sober, right? But as the years would go by and I started shooting more and more dope and it was harder and harder for me to stay away from any substances and I started using more and more and more and more substances the definition of sober kind of started to become, oh, well, if I could just stay away from the dope, if I could just stop the dope, because that's the only thing that was ruining my life, then I can continue taking the benzos, the clonopins, I could continue to smoke weed, I could continue to take whatever else. So the goal started 
to become different, right? The definition, the goal, the sobriety that I was after was different. I know that AA for a lot of people might not be very accessible. Going to meetings regularly or going through the steps might not be a realistic thing for a lot of people. And I know that that message that I got so early on, that message saying that the only way that I would ever transform my life or ever really recover was by doing the 12 steps. I know that that stuck with me for a long fucking time. I thought of that and I thought to myself, well, shit, (laughs) if I don't do the 12 steps, I'm really not going to be able to transform my life. I'm really not going to be able to live the way that I really want to live if I don't do the 12 steps. And I really believe that. But today I am here telling you that there is another way. I found another fucking way because, you know, I did it and I've been doing it and I I'm here today telling you that I found another fucking way. And everybody says, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. And while I do agree with that, and I would never recommend that you do it on your own, I am telling you, I managed to do it on my own. Now, when I first stopped using in November 2019, like I've mentioned before, I'm really not sure (laughs) what my goal was. I don't think that I actually planned to stay clean. I think it was just another, like, just another day for me, just another detox, no big deal. I told myself it was the last time, but I don't know if I really believed it. So actually recovering wasn't really a thought in my brain. The work of healing and doing any work on myself never really crossed my mind until I had that rock bottom moment that I talked about in the first episode of this podcast. It really wasn't until about four months after I started doing that work on myself when I realized, wait a minute, the work that I'm doing on my own is actually kind of similar to the work of the 12 steps. And I was like, wait a second. I bet you this is what it feels like to go through the steps. I started feeling so different. I remember I was even talking to somebody saying, I don't know what is wrong. I thought there was something wrong with me. I don't know what is wrong with me, but I just feel so different. I, and I talked about this in another episode where I started to feel like a different person and it's hard to explain. And I promise you, if you do the work, it'll come to you as well. But I realized that what I was feeling must be so similar to what people feel like when they're going through the steps, because it really is just about purging all of that shit, that built up shit. That's just clogging you up. It's just clogging any kind of good feelings going on. And you purge all that shit. And you just let it go. That's really what it's all about. What I had started to do initially was just write. I've always been a fan of writing. And writing is a big part of doing the 12 steps. Like I mentioned, you write down all the shit that you're ashamed of, all the mistakes you made, you go over it with a sponsor. And 
it has a lot of writing involved. And I've always been a fan of writing in any situation to get through anything. So I just started writing a lot about my goals, what I want to do, what I see my future as being, what I felt like in any given day, just like journaling, maybe journaling plus. <laughs> and I started to meditate. And at first I wasn't forcing myself to meditate. I just kind of did it when I thought about doing it. I didn't set any kind of schedule for myself. I just kind of did things when I felt like doing things which is a really good way to go and do things because then you don't set yourself up for any kind of disappointment. But anyways, so I was writing a lot and I was meditating and I was journaling and I was really, and another thing I was researching, I was reading a lot. Anytime I would think of maybe a why in my brain or some sort of limiting belief I was having, I would really think about it, think about my past. I was figuring out a lot of why a lot of the why behind some of the shit that I've done. And most of all, it was just putting myself first, really. It was just prioritizing the way I felt, prioritizing the life that I wanted to live, putting myself first. And that is really a principle of AA. You have to put your recovery first. And during that time, I realized I was actually putting my healing first. And I thought to myself, well, I bet you this is what people feel like when they do the steps. I was like, I instantly remember thinking of that message and that thought that I had that people can't recover unless they do the steps. I remember thinking, holy shit, I think I figured it out. I think I found a way to do it other than doing the steps. I think, I think, I felt like, I felt like I just invented electricity. Like, I'm dead serious. I thought it was, like, the best moment. Because in that moment, I realized, well, fuck, maybe it's actually possible for me to get to where I want to go. It was just, it was just a mind-blowing kind of moment for me. In my own way, I was doing the steps. In my own way, I was doing that work on myself. And it was a great feeling. It really was. But in no way did I say, oh, did, did I do that on purpose? I have been completely able to change my mindset. I was so negative. When I realized and became aware of my Debbie Downer-ness, <laughs> my negative thinking all the time, it became incredibly clear that I needed to change that. And it became incredibly important for me to do that. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I just knew that I hated being so negative all the time. And I knew it was doing nothing good for me. I just knew. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had zero clue. I watched a lot of videos. I did a lot of reading. I wrote a lot. I had no outline. I had no plan. I had nothing. I did not know what I was doing, but I just did what felt right. And for lack of a better term, thanks AA, I put one foot in front of the other. And that's all I did. It took me about a year, I think, not exactly sure, but I remember having this realization like, oh my goodness, I don't remember when the last time was that I assumed the worst or, or even thought so negatively. 
I started thinking the best instead of thinking the worst in every situation. I started having positive thoughts instead of jumping to negativity all the time. I started thinking, what's the best that can happen instead of what's the worst that can happen? I mean, it wasn't, it was very gradual, but by the time I had this realization, by the time it became clear to me that my mindset has changed, it had already happened. You know, it was very subtle, but oh my goodness, it's a fucking miracle. It's a fucking miracle, I tell you, (laughs) because I was such a Debbie Downer and I still cannot believe it. I still cannot believe that I actually did it because it's something that I set out to do and actually fucking accomplished, but really had no idea what I was doing (laughs) all the while. And it still ended up happening. I started focusing a lot on my own energy and in any relationship that I had in my life, acquaintances, friends, or whoever the fuck I talked to, I started looking at what I'm getting out of that relationship. What am I getting out of this exchange of energy? And really, I wasn't getting anything. There was not one fucking relationship, acquaintance, friendship, anything where I was actually getting something valuable from an energy exchange with anybody in my life. And that's the main reason why I don't talk to anybody anymore (laughs) because I'm good. I started not having to rely on anybody for anything. And today I don't, I can rely on myself for fucking everything. And knowing that is an amazing fucking feeling. I don't need validation from anybody. I started relying on the universe instead of fake shit around me. I started relying on my own thoughts. I started knowing that it's possible. I mean, I was sitting in a spot just, what, two years ago? 2021 is when I really started healing myself in the summer. I was sitting in a place where I was Googling ways to end my life. I was waking up crying on a daily fucking basis because I didn't want to wake up. I was so depressed. I wasn't leaving my house because I didn't want to see anybody. I was completely controlled by the shame I felt in every situation, in every aspect of my life. And today, I'm a completely different fucking person. I am a completely different person. I leave my house today because I want to actually experience life. If I don't want to go out, I am perfectly fine with staying home because I have found what home actually feels like. I have found a home, as cheesy as it sounds, I have found a home within myself and, of course, with India, my perfect puppy child. I can stay home every day, all day, not talk to anyone, nothing, and be completely fucking content and fulfilled because of the work that I've done on myself. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I got into the teachings and the talks of Abraham Hicks, which talks a lot about law of attraction and energy and all that stuff. I listened to a lot of Joe Dispenza, who is a doctor in the field of energy work and medical situations. People can think their way to health. You can think your way out of cancer. You can think your way out of dire medical situations. He's got the fucking scientific proof. (laughs) If you need proof about any of this shit, if you think I'm being woo-woo, 
He's the doctor that has all the data, all the proof that this shit is real and it's possible. And I think I've watched and listened to every single thing that each one of those people has said ever on YouTube. Because when I watch videos now, I'm like, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. And I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed, I was putting myself first because I enjoyed the things I was learning and I was having breakthroughs. I enjoyed those aha moments. Like that's, that's what makes it make sense. I was making sense of all the shit that I thought had no resolution to. I was making sense of everything. And it was also fascinating to me and I loved it. And all the healing was happening. And I had no idea it was, <laughs> I had no idea along the way. I really had no idea along the way. I didn't, I couldn't see what was happening because I was in the thick of it. Right. I was doing the work, but it was all coming so naturally to me. I, Cause I truly think that when you do put yourself first and you do focus on yourself and put your recovery and your healing first and foremost, it's like, it just flows, right? What you need to do just becomes kind of like apparent and evident. And it's like, you just kind of do the next right thing. Thanks again, AA. <laughs> Another AA thing. But I'm, as I'm talking about this, I get goosebumps. Because I continue to doubt myself. I wasn't really seeing the progress. I just continue to do the work. And just like in AA, I was told it would work. And I saw it happen. I saw it work. So in doing the work that I was doing, I knew I was getting something out of it. I knew it wasn't going to hurt. Right. So I just continued to do it. And I did, I had doubts, even in the thick of it, I was doubting myself. I didn't see any of the progress really, because it's all in the right timing. You really can't control any of it. I would continue to have, you know, I'm not saying that I don't think negatively at all anymore, but it's just so drastically different today. And I would have these so-called quote unquote relapses into like my old thinking and I would get so down on myself, but then realize that it is in those moments that I am actually being proven how much I've grown. And it's like the universe proving to me, showing me how much I have grown because those thoughts and those relapses in of old behaviors become so fucking uncomfortable. Any little, you know, repeat or relapse of old behavior is so uncomfortable. Whereas it used to be normal. It used to be comfortable to me. So the fact that it becomes uncomfortable is like, hello, you're growing because it's not comfortable anymore to sit in the chaos or to sit in the negativity. And at some point, and I don't know when, because like I said, it's all just so subtle, but at some point I kind of crossed this threshold where I don't even think like that anymore. I am a completely fucking different person. And I can only imagine that this is what people feel like who have done the steps because the work is so similar. I essentially, in my own way, did the 12 steps. I went through my past. I wrote down all the shit that I was, you know, the breakthroughs, the aha moments. Oh, this is why. All the whys behind I was doing things, why I was doing things. 
I went through all that. I went through the motions and I did the work to figure out why I was doing what I was doing, how I got to where I was and what I could continue to do to fucking grow. That's what the 12 steps is all about, I think. And I wish that somebody said this to me. I fucking wish somebody told me this and told me that it was possible to heal without actually doing the steps. Because I really did think that the only way to really heal and to really change those fundamental parts of yourself was by doing the steps. But I'm here telling you that that's not the only way. And that's why I am doing this episode. Because I think it's so important for people to know, for whatever reason, you might think AA is not accessible to you. Because if you think the way that I thought, you need to know that it's fucking possible to transform without actually doing the 12 step work. It's fucking possible. Cause I've done it. What I went through and what I experienced back in such a short period of time in November or late 2019, really losing my dad then losing my mom, then losing half my hair, then the abuse and stopping using dope all at the same time within a few months of each other was so traumatic. I think to my body that my body just kind of forced itself into this awakening. Now I hear, I know you hear a lot of people talking about spiritual awakenings and things like that. And I didn't know what the hell was happening. I really didn't. It wasn't until I started to feel the change inside my body. I started to physically feel it, not only experience it in the things I was doing, but I felt it physically. Now, I was forced into it. I believe I was forced into that awakening moment, whether you call it a spiritual awakening, whether you call it healing, whatever you want to call it. And I can only imagine that that's what it feels like to go through the 12 steps. Because when I see people who have come out on the other side and I see people living their lives after doing the 12 steps and the transformation that they had experienced, they're living the changes that I have experienced. They are living in similar ways. So I can only imagine that doing the 12 steps in a lot of ways promotes that awakening process as well if that makes any kind of sense. (laughs) I literally have this memory in my brain where sitting in a meeting in one of my home groups way back in the day, I think I was 22, and I was sitting there and I think I was in like the second or third row and I was just looking around the room and I distinctly remember having this thought of, aren't we the fucking lucky ones? We as the addicts, as the alcoholics, we are the ones who have access to these tools. We are the ones that have access to this type of transformation. We are the people who get to live that kind of life that most people can only dream of. We are the ones who get to go to the other side. It's a life that is just so fucking fulfilling, more so than any of the non-addicts out there I've seen living. And we are the ones that have access to it. We are the fucking lucky ones. 
So with all this said, back to the question, do you think it's possible to heal and to transform your life and to be in recovery without doing the 12 steps and on your own? I say yes, it's fucking possible. Absolutely. I know because I've done it. (laughs) Whereas before I would have said no, absolutely not. Two years ago, if you asked me this question, I would say absolutely not. The only way that you can really change, really change who you are from the inside and heal yourself and transform your life and never fucking look back. The only way to do that is by doing the 12 steps. That's what I would have said two years ago. The fact that I've been doing it and I have lived it and I am doing it and I have done it, I can say yes. It's fucking possible. When I do this work, I don't consider myself to be on my own. And certainly having India, my fur baby child, (laughs) she literally saved my life. She literally loved me until I could love myself. She opened my heart back up because I became so incredibly bulletproof. The walls I built around myself became so bulletproof. Not only was I putting anything out, but I wasn't allowing anything in. Yes, I am technically alone, physically by myself, but never do I feel lonely. I surrender to the possibility that there is a greater being. There is something greater than myself. I know this because I am still alive, number one. And I am living the life that I am today, number two, because I know if it were solely up to me, I probably wouldn't be here, period. So I already had the belief that there's something bigger, there's something greater. And for me, I just say the universe. So if you're out there and you're trying to stop using any substance or alcohol and you're thinking, what the fuck, this, you know, it's never going to end. I'm destined to live this vicious cycle for the rest of my life, and I can never live without whatever it is that you're doing. Or even if you're clean and you're in recovery and you just haven't been able to experience the change that you really want to experience. Maybe you're not using, but maybe you're still getting fucking aggravated at every little thing. Maybe you're still thinking negatively. Maybe you're still stuck in that cycle of negativity and thinking the worst and the why me and my life sucks and you know I wish it could only get better and if you're still stuck in that cycle I'm here to say that you can do it on your own you don't necessarily need the 12-step program now I'm not saying that you should (laughs) you I'm not saying that you should do it on your own because it's fucking hard it's hard fucking work and the one thing that AA does provide that doing it on your own does not is the community, the people. You're definitely not going to meet some great fucking people who've been where you are doing this shit on your own. AA provides that for you. You meet some awesome people who have been where you are, who can relate to you. But I am here telling you that it is fucking possible. It's possible to do it without AA.
Okay, so that's all. <laughs> that's it. That's really all I have to say on this topic for today. And you know, it's really important for people to realize and to know that there isn't just one way. Like I thought. I thought there was really just one way. And it's important for you to know that there's more than one way. Don't forget to follow along from whatever platform you are listening from. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and rate and leave a review so you can help this podcast get noticed by the bigger platforms and follow along on the social medias, the TikToks and the Instagrams at the Hope Chase Pod is the name on both platforms. Thank you so much again for being here. This is the Hope Chase Podcast. I am Angie, and welcome to the shit show.